Welcome to Re-Raw Menor, the show which brings you a female lens. Introducing your hosts, myself, Sinead C. Shanti, a former pregnant wrestler, and my co-host, Susan Hear Me Roar Brown. Can we get a roar, Sus? Yay! <laughs> Hi, welcome everyone. Um, I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, Yay. me too. Yeah. It's been a long time coming, Suze, hasn't it? It has. It has been a long time coming. <laughs> I think the idea for this show has been percolating for me all my life. Since I could talk, I kept shouting out about the injustices I saw in the world. And for you, Suze, you say a real feminist nerve was kicked off during our book club readings. Um, COVID was obviously a tough time for everyone. Um, and we had a book club which uh, became a really important platform during COVID. Uh, so it did take a, quite a radical fem- feminist turn. Um, at first we read it on Tainclin and Doyle and moved on to Mary Robinson and then Nell McCafferty, etc. And that's how we started. We were like, where those voices? Where are those feminine voices now? Um, that, and like gender bias exists, there's just not, we need more female, strong females and their voices to be heard. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I we hear you, sister. We need to call it out. We do need to call it out. So our vision is to bring the female voice uh, to a right, wide range of topics from women in the arts, women in farming, women in business, women in leadership. And as well, myself and Suze, we're going to take up a bit of space too and bring our voice to the conversation. Um, so Suze, I think you're going to kick it off with a little bit of punk. Uh, yeah, I've decided uh, to pick this punk song. Uh, my very good friend Juice of Radio Kaka uh, introduced me to this band. They're called Gloss Girls Living Outside Society of Shit. Um, I love punk music. It's uh, a space to be angry, loud, aggressive, and it's not it's not judged. Um, which it's the ultimate protest music. And if people haven't ever really listened to punk, I would encourage you to do so. And that's often something you don't hear with women or girls, that idea of being loud, being angry. We're often thought that being angry, it's not okay. Exactly. Uh, you know, whereas with our young boys, it's like, oh, they're rough and tumble, they're rough play. But when girls play that way, yeah, exactly. it's often sidelined or silenced. And I guess we're here to say we're all humans sharing this planet and we all have a variety of emotions, a way of being. And let's just cut this gender bias and just live fully as humans with all of life's uh, way of being. And that includes being a bit angry and being a bit punky sometimes. So heads up, this is a bit noisy. This is calling it out loud. Uh, out loud. <laughs>
Wow, Suze, that was some kickoff Brilliant. to uh, session one of Rerobbing All. Thanks. You're the big punk fan, not me, but I must say I had my hand in the air and was shaking the head like I just didn't care. Uh, yeah, see, that's something I really appreciate about being your friend, actually. We often see things from different perspectives, and that's something that I really like. Absolutely. So speaking of seeing things from different perspectives, our first guest is a fantastic trailblazing woman called Brida Larkin. Uh, Brida is a woman of the arts, of entertainment, of comedy, and also a woman of the land. She's a farmer by uh, her background, her upbringing, and she's bringing a lot of heart to farming at the moment. So we are delighted to introduce Miss Brida Larkin as our first guest. We are more than delighted. We are thrilled to welcome Miss Brida Larkin of the world of Brida fame. <laughs> Laughter she wrote fame and of late the wild geese. Brida Larkin is no ordinary woman. She is a comic farm activist and she draws inspiration from wild women of Ireland and all around the world, as well as the collective consciousness of her generation, including the fine talents of Mary Robinson and Packy Bonner. <laughs> Rita Larkin co-founded Laughter She Wrote with the vision to add a much-needed female voice and perspective through sketches and plays. Brida is smashing up the statement that women aren't funny. Brida, thank you so much for your time. Myself and Susan are delighted to have some time to speak to you. You're welcome. Thanks. Great to be here chatting, girls. Yeah. Yeah. So on our show, you're our first guest. You're launching Re-Raw Manaw. Woo! Woo! Can we get a whoop? <laughs> the vision of our show is to hear the female voice, the female perspective in all its diversity. Um, so I guess we're just starting from the top. Tell us a little bit about your life and what's going on right now. Well, what's going on right now? Yes, yeah, so I'm up um, living in, in Stony Batter in Dublin, the Gaberhood. Here with <laughs> and living with my housemate is my comedy partner, Miss Laura Lavelle. Miss Lavelle is her stage name. So name. we've been <laughs> full name. I just outed her name. Um, so we have a cabaret show and it's it's doing really well. We 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 started a monthly comedy night here, Stony Banter, <laughs> and we've been doing that um, since last November. We had one month off for the lockdown type thing in January, but since then it's been gaining pace. Uh, so we're slowly getting uh, in people's peripherals and we have a couple of festivals on the horizon, like um, Beyond the Pale, a new one there in, in um, Wicklow. And we get to do our full cabaret on the Saturday night uh, because she saw us at St. Patrick's Festival. So gigs are leading into gigs. So yeah, it's it's uh, we're we're working hard. We're gigging hard. We came out of the 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 the, the trap flying. 
great COVID. so yeah it's going very well so that's at the moment what i'm currently at yeah great and as one half of that trailblazing comedy duo the wild geese i love your mission performing comedic songs burlesque and vagina puppetry tell mm-hmm. us a little bit more about vagina puppetry well it's funny like so the vagina puppet came it was made in cork actually and um, I had the song like years ago, one of my one woman shows I was talking about today was um, All the Women's Vaginas. It was um, uh, the second one after the word of breather. And uh, I remember laughing about it because remember in city limits, he wouldn't put it up. So very few people would put up the poster around Cork. I was like, it's because it said vagina. It was hilarious. It was mm-hmm. an eye opener. And um, so even like I saw it against one time, but it was covered over nearly always the V or something be covered. So um Anyway, the, the Fanny song came from that because I was like in Facebook one time I said, like, what do women call their vaginas? And there's a, a whole thread, you know, like 120 responses. And I literally put music to it like foo foo, new new, and it just wrote itself. And then when I had that idea and I said, you know, because I say you're a gaul. No, you're a gaul. Someone calls you a gaul. And I said, wouldn't it be funny if I was a gaul? And I was talking to a woman, she just happened to be a puppet maker. She goes, Well, I can make you a vagina. Mm-hmm. And then that's how it came about. She's like ringing me saying, you want, you want eye holes in your vagina? I said, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know, just bring me some felt and some tights. It's made from felt tights and glue. And it's very well made. As I said, six years later, it still holds up really well. And it's become our, our well, her name is Francesca. She's in the Circus Factor. She's an Italian woman. Um, but anyway, so. This is the puppet maker, not the vagina. Yes. The, <laughs> her, I think her name is just Fanny. It's Fanny. <laughs> And um, yeah, so I did it. So that 2018 was a very good year for me because I, I did the show me the funny in Galway. I got to the final and, you know, there's a big banner behind the stage and it says, show me the funny and the use a little bit, you know, curdled. So I said, I said, you know, my last line of my act was um, a 10 minute spot was. So I actually a bit like I saw the show me the funny. I thought it was an A. So I thought it was show me the fanny. So. I turned around with a fanny head on my head and everyone, Ella said, like once people fell off their chairs laughing and in shock and other sort of emotions, then I knew I'd won it. So I had won that competition, showed me the funny and went down to Limerick uh, in the cabaret and uh, Laura was running, Miss LaBelle was running it. And that's how we met then. So the fanny brought me and when Laura saw my fanny, she was overwhelmed. And um, the rest is right, Laura? Yeah. Great. (laughs) Thanks, Laprida. And you said, like, when you had your vagina show, what was it called again? Other Women's Vaginas. Other Women's women's Marys. Because Mary was a heavy theme in it. Um, Three Marys and stuff. And then, but I I just thought I'd throw a vagina in just from, you know, for the crack. And do you think attitudes are changing now? Like, do you think if you had a poster with the word vagina or even with your fanny head, do you think people are more open to that or do you still meet a lot of resistance? It's funny, we have a new, uh, we, we pussy, we're doing a pussy pride party now for, um, for the pride coming up. And, you know, instead of having pussy pride in the posters, we just put a cat. Because, yeah, I think that people, yeah, I think they do a little bit get offended by the word pussy or vagina and stuff. Yeah, I don't know why, but I guess it's just they see it as a dirty word. They don't like it on a poster. Uh, uh, has it changed? I don't know. It's, it's, it seems to be. But then again, we're sort of hanging out in artistic circles, so it's hard for me to fully understand the 
you know, the whole, the, the actual basic um, kind of what's what people really feel. Uh, the nor- what would say the normal, normal people. The normal people. <laughs> is, your aud- is your audience uh, like a varied audience? Do you think the poster attracts? Well, you see, that's the thing, Suze. I was thinking like we should put it. I think Pussy Pride is a great name. And, and when I was in Berlin years ago, Pussy Pride party, there was a Pussy Power party that I went to and it was great. It was like full on, you know, Berlin. like... Well, furry cabaret, very like dirty and just filthy, you know, kind of fun, which our cabarets are. So I really want people to know, well, this the pussy party is going to be, it's going to be a load of, uh, you know, there will be fanny heads, there will be people singing about their cunts or whatever, you know, there will be that. It says, um, that's what it says on the tin, I think. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but then, so we do, we just said, uh, that was just interesting, we had the little cat, but um, yeah, but I don't know, it's a, uh, we have a, we have a, the cabaret audiences are, my favorite they we've got people coming back every month now but there's various people like i mean the hetero men don't do very well in our cabarets they feel totally um emasculated. it's real funny they're just crumble and even the act even the our comedians straight male comedians also don't they just seem to be not able to handle the the, the vibe that we put in the room or something it's a interest not all of them the ones that are exceptionally good and also probably very secure in their masculinity um and they're feminists men deep down you know they're not affected but it does seem to you know be taken out a few of the old uh heteronormatives (laughs) (laughs) and Brita why do you think that is like just you know do you think that some men find it really hard to just be surrounded by pussy pride or different words it's out they'll be showing up a pussy pride now but last week our last cabaret there was a couple of straight guys in who middle-aged great guys are great it's the younger kind of generation that you know, like at Limerick Cabaret we had, it just so happened that, uh, you know, it was very unusual that 10 kind of on a bit of a stag or they were a group. Like galads. galads. Yeah, they were getting lit, their pints, they had a load of pints and they were, they were like, what's this? Uh, what is this? Even though they bought tickets, I said, well, it's a cabaret. What's that? I said, well, it's, you know, a bit of comedy. There's Carol Spain was on the bill. Your Lord does burlesque. What's that? I said, well, it's a strip tease. I said, oh, you'll see boobs. It's fun. It's fun. But they, they liked the burlesque to start or whooping, but actually they were talking a lot during, but I actually realized later they were way too drunk. And, but a lot of them left and they left sh- like early on. And, but some of them stayed and stuff, but as three lads. So obviously they're much, they're more, it just does something to some people like, I don't like this anymore. I don't think, I don't like watching women on stage singing about taco blocking each other or whatever. They don't understand <laughs> it or something. Yeah. Well, it's new, but it's like anything. People, if they don't, uncomfortable don't, yeah don't go to new things so they're kind of so I kind of admire them for at least buying the ticket and we still got their money as Laura said but like <laughs> I don't mind they obviously bought a ticket they are interested in something new but maybe they're just not able to digest it yet or something but it's it is half slowly yeah women's faces I mean there's a lot more women and comedy out there now you know Joanne McNally's obviously the maze, trailblazer but a lot of women go to comedy. The, the, the basic, like, the, the, her audiences are pretty much 90, 90% women, you know, so yeah, ours are more a bit mixed. I like the idea that's mixed, you know? Yeah, but in terms of being a trailblazing woman, I all, I've known you for a very long time, Brita, probably since, I don't know, since when? Since I was about 19 and you were 16, 17? Yeah. Many moons ago. 
And I always remember if there was an after party and, you know, the singing to be had, you always made sure that your voice was heard, which is rare enough. It's usually Mm -hmm. the lads on the guitar, the lads on the mic. So all your life, you've been claiming that space that isn't traditionally one that you see women um, really step into. So you've been in that for a long time. I guess it's true. I just have this, I have a drive to perform, I suppose, in a way. And I did, I always was, even as a young child, though, I was always entertaining, like, you know, and I never, you know, I never really, I guess it was instilled in me that you can, there's no reason to. And when I felt it, and even coming out as gay, I never felt, I felt kind of vulnerable and a little bit scared, but I never felt like I was silenced. In fact, it kind of almost made me, once I got my, once I understood what being queer and lesbian was, I, I then I was very vocal about it. And I, I feel like I, I enjoy doing that. Like, so yeah, I, I am very much. I mean, it's funny because I go up in a patriot, the most patriarchal society for me is, is the agricultural system. And that's why I'm now doing the gender mainstreaming in the EIP, the, the farm group I'm in. I'm dealing with the gender stuff because I, I, I am the person that likes to ask the women, does it affect... How is gender roles affecting your day-to-day business on the farm and invisible farmers that are women that are, you know, and because most of the land in the world is owned by men. It's, it's the next great big fight is actually to get, to get take our seats at the table in farming policies and other boards, but also to take uh, land that belongs to us as well. Yeah, great. What is the EIP in farming? The European Innovation Project. It's a, We won an award this year for to do a soil liter- literacy and then and biological enhancement of soil. So it's a whole big soil. Um, you know, yeah, the, all the 16 farms, lighthouse farms, and they're the ones they're going to teach. So we're doing a Dr. Lane Ingham's course. It's very intense. It's very biological. It's very, it's biological farming really. And it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting. I like it a lot. So like education and knowledge is power, everything. I mean, it, that's where it breaks. Biological farming has nothing to do with who's who can man. You know, when it comes to soil, it doesn't matter physically if I'm physically smaller than the man. It, it's soil, you know, that's where farming becomes. There's more equality there. Learning how to grow crops, learning how to tend to animal husbandry. You know, so it's the farming is so patriarchal and male and masculine. Look at my tractors bigger than yours, and you know, look at it. It's just so male. It's so it's it's it, and it's crumbling. I mean, obviously, so. But it's, I, not I mean, it's unsustainable. It's unsustainable. Now, there's a couple of women in agricultural groups that, uh, for me, that they're not real. I don't feel a feminist vibe because for them, they want to be like men. They're like, they say things like, I want to own as many, as many cows as men. They want to be male farmers as opposed to women farmers, you know. Uh, and that's why I'm challenging them as well for what does it even mean to have more women in agriculture? Is it going to change the system? Or is this going to be the same old, you just wear a skirt down milking the cows, a hundred cows? Yeah. And what would your outlook be as that female lens in farming? Well, I think, you know, for the interest in lens is, the, is how to, the family farm is changing. Like being a queer woman, I don't, wouldn't come from a nuclear, I wouldn't have a husband or two kids or such like all the other kind of regular heteronormative women, you could say. And so what does it mean? Like to... I would like to interest in community farming. I'd be bringing other people on board, maybe peers, colleagues, sisters, friends or whatever. So it wouldn't necessarily then be all in the ownership of one person. I think that needs to change. 
feel like that's a real capitalist uh, thing. And so that through a female lens, it's more like community caring for your caregiver, your family, caring for the land. And then it's more simplistic, I think. And like a lot of the food in the world is grown by women in, in, in the global south. I mean, most of the big farms, they're the women, the labor on the farms are women, all the, 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 you know, the pick and tea and whatever else is in, in, you know, in India. You see that very lot and much more respected, like, you know, honestly, in the, the developing world, actually women are much more in Africa. They're the, they're the farmers, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Back yeah. to one of our shared heroes, Mary Robinson. Yeah. Remember a line in her book, Everybody Matters? Mm. And she had come back. She was the president of Ireland and she was over in at some UN conference in Africa. And she's like, I've seen the future of Africa and it's female. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. She's like my other hero, Wangari Matai, who's like the Kenyan Mary Robinson. And she's even more radical than Mary when she stood up to unbelievable adversity, like proper violence and getting, you know, attacked and stuff by the corrupt governments and stuff there. But she, her legacy is unbelievable. Like I'm dying, my bucket list is to go to Kenya and meet her daughters because they're still run Greenbelt movement there. And, and that was empowering women, women to start their own tree nurseries, plant the trees so that that brought income for them. It, it looked after environment and then the wood and the fuel and the everything, it, it all made sense just to plant trees. And, um, you know, that was how she, her legacy there, but she's amazing. And Mary too. I mean, I would really love to talk to Mary. I sent her the land is on drugs, you know, my, my little um, thing. And I, I would like to write her now the EIP project I'm doing with the gender mainstream. It gives me a chance and, and a more le- legitimacy to write to her and say, this is the project I'm involved in. I'd love to hear your opinion on women in agriculture, you know, because so I do, I'm, I'm working on that now. I'm doing the, I'll be doing the, the knowledge transfer group I'll be leading is about gender mainstream. And gender mainstream is more about, more than gender balance it's like how does how does it affect women so let's say childcare on farms that would be in gender mainstreaming that would bring that to the thing that would never that is never that's unheard of around the farm and agricultural table but who is looking after the children you know yeah that sort of thing so yeah anyway so it's it's, it's yeah i've never heard of that terminology gender mainstreaming what does it mean it's it's basically that like it's it's looking at not just like it, it, like if there was a quality, like let's say there was 10 hours of childcare paid for in a farm, what would that look like? How would that affect women going forward? Like, would that draw more women into the agriculture, into agriculture? It's like looking at setting up policies that really not just make gender balance, like putting women bums and seats of women, but what does it, what do these policies mean and affect women? It's never gender mainstream is, is, a, is a good word now. It's been bandied around Europe, but it, that's what it really means. Like, so you're looking at the bigger picture, more holistic picture of what does it mean for women uh, when policies do change, the knock on effect, so to speak. Very good. So it's, right. it's, it's, it's frightening the shit out of the IFA boys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. Back. <laughs> To, you mentioned um, something you put together called The Land is on Drugs. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I mean, I, my first engagement with soil was going up to John Duffy's farm and, you know, we were looking at stuff under the microscope and like I, you know, the 10, 10, 20, which is interesting for your listeners because that synthetic nitrogen is huge. It's really 
expensive now because of the war in Ukraine and Russia, basically the main, one of the biggest suppliers of synthetic nitrogen. And now that the sanctions are in, they, they're, but, but they should be moving away from that too. Why would you fund a war? And then, but it was, I mean, that's, the, that's its history anyway. Like synthetic nitrogen was used to, the nitrogen was used to make bombs in the war. And then after the war was finished, they're like, what else can we do now? So we'll just kill, we'll just kill all the soil instead. So, so it's, fertili- it's fertilizer, like it's masked as fertilizer. Is well, it? yeah, it is fertilizer. It is the perfect, uh, the 10, 10, 10, 20 is like nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. It's all what, this, what the grass needs to grow really well and strong and productive. But it's when all that grass is grown really fast, too fast, it's the, 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 the natural um, roots in the seed, the grass roots become lazy they don't go deep down to find their own potassium, nitrogen. Yeah. yeah. So they become lazy and, and that's what's killing the soil. Ireland, like, well, the woman Vandana Shiva, really, uh, the mother of organic, she's an Indian woman. She says Ireland's like a, a white desert. Oof. And that's, you know, this is because they use so much nitrogen to grow grass. So they have, so basically, if you look at it under the microscope, your, your normal root system looks like, you know, dreadlocks and stuff like that, you know, like really like alive and all that. Under the microscope, it looked like an IV line. It looked just like one pathetic line. And I was like, oh my God, the land's on drugs. The land's on drugs. I was telling everyone in there, land's on drugs. But like, it does mean that because you have to wean it off. And this is a great time. This project, I mean, the biological farming, is it coming at a great time because there's a couple of big dairy farmers in this who really want to know how do they get wean themselves off to bag nitrogen that's killing the soil, polluting the rivers. That's what's causing all the runoffs and stuff in the, uh, all the algae bloom is coming from high nitrogen. And the cows, their stomachs Cow. get burnt out after three years of eating this really high, rich nitrogen grass. It's not normal. That beef, well, huh? that beef then as well. And the, and the milk, like. And the milk. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's a problem. It's going to, it's going, it's, no, I think the price of fertilizer being so dear, instead of just taking out loans, and of course they're throwing money at farmers now to go and buy the huge amounts of, because it's going to cost some farmers 20 grand to fertilize their farms. I mean, it's. Yeah. And Rita, if for our listeners listening now, like, what would you advise them to do? Let's say, a for a cohort who may be from a farming background or B those who aren't from a farming background, but just want to do things a little bit different to thread more gently or with more respect. Well, on yeah. The well, the first thing that people can do if they're milk drinkers is to buy organic milk. It's available in Tesco and little and Alta, you know, just buy organic milk. That means that you're not supporting the synthetic industry, which is a war machine and ruling the, the world and then that's an easy one i think because organic is this dirty word it's seen as like it's a out of people's price bracket it's not it's actually the same price you can get it for a euro do you know um because that's the main one i think there's no real such thing as organic butter and stuff like that so uh, i think that's an easy simple first step i really feel and then of course i think i'm very adamant that we should start a a ban on glyphosate, like really the county council should be stopped spraying everything. everything. And, and I think that's something we can all come together and, and like petition to have, because they're doing it in some county councils. I think they're very bad in Galway. Like, I mean, the whole place is sprayed in Lockery. I was like, disgusted by it. And you know, they're near waterways and stuff. So 
it's simple things. I think I, I don't know for your listeners. I feel like that's something. It not just if you see people spraying Roundup, just I call them out and it's you know I, I just think it should be banned. It shouldn't be in garden centres just willy nilly sitting yeah. beside a fucking. I agree. and stuff like it's a killing machine. This is a killing everything. And they talk about biodiversity. That's that. And I don't know why the Green Party aren't really going for something radical like that. Banned life estate. Now it almost happened in Europe a few years ago. The likes of Maria McGuinness and 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 such who are work for big ag. They work for agribusiness. It's all money. Yeah. Yeah. It's all. Brita, if you could imagine that the world was ruled by women. What problems do you think we'd fix and how? Well, so you have to get the right type of women. I, I, I do like to say, because like, Ray McGuinness, for example, is, um, you know, she's, I, you know, she's the one that voted no to ban life, say, for example, she had a chance. And so mm-hmm. why did she do that? I mean, I don't know. So is it about women or is it about almost like um, a more, a more, I don't know, holistic thinking on the a, a bigger picture. I mean, she's obviously led by industry, so she's you might as well write her off now, you know, because she's married to the guy that owns Syngenta, which is the biggest bee-killing poisons. And you know what I mean? It, it, she's involved. So I know. So if there's ran by women, I suppose at least it was gender mainstream, it's gender balance. You have a chance that there's more um research and development in these people. Like women have I don't know, maybe we'll sit down and read the bigger picture. I'm not sure about that. I mean, Mary Robinson did say that, like the future of Fairman is female and all that. And why, I, and you know, it's man-made and women-led. I get it because the people like the big names like Vedana, Vandana Shiva and the father of organics and stuff like, like because I think because the people that you want to come in to Fairman now on the boards and stuff, there is opportunity for women to come in because you have to have 30% of women on boards most of the I, 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 the organizations, the farming organizations in Ireland are failing on that and they can be called up on that. So where do you get these women? Because the the ones like so that's what about yeah. huh? what about the ag colleges? Is there is there girl we already talked about this before, haven't we? That uh well, is there many women and is there many younger girls going into them? Yeah, no, the- there was an our green cert this year there was a good healthy number of women. And actually a few of them were like, some of them were artists and, uh, you know, like me and Lotta and Amanda, the son, we're, she's a reader for the BBC. So, and a lot of them would have talked about using the farm and going back to nature. Like there is, I feel like the women that are going into farming are doing it because they want to change the, the system that the farming is in, the kind of high productive, like it is very masculine to be over overproductive, competitive, not not really seeing I don't know the consequences of your actions if you continue to pollute rivers you're going to have no water you're going to pollute the groundwater who is going to be affected by that um you know people won't have drinking water anymore I mean do women care more I mean I think women are talk more if they have the if they have the information that they and a lot of the stuff like the people that are doing the great environmental work are, are women I see that you know yeah. But, um, so yeah, I think it could be more because there's room, the boards need to be filled with 50-50, let's say, by 2020, or what that was once upon a time, but 2030, 50-50. These are the women, yeah, you kind of, maybe we can get the women we want on them, on them boards. Do you know what I mean? That's Absolutely. So I guess it's not just about the gender, but it's about women who really use that 
female yin lens to see that kind of eagle-eyed vision beyond profit as a bottom line Absolutely. and looks at people on the planet. Or longer term as well, more sustainable. Yeah, and there is men obviously that, like that too out there, but to, to challenge the agricultural system, it can. Like, that's why I'm excited about gender and they're always say I'm banging on about me and Bridget are always banging on about women and farming. And stuff, but this is why, because there is an opportunity there when women take their seats, that, that they're owned, like they, they're, so then this, like stuff like this, this educational sort of stuff that we're in now with biological farm stuff, you know, these are the kind of teachings we hope that people will get on board and um, then they'll have to maybe encourage women then to, to take that seat, to, to say, you know, to give, instill confidence that you can, you know, as much as this guy, get in there, you know what you're doing, you know, you, you, you we, like farming has always been, and this is one of the things on the gender mainstream when I'll be interviewing women about. And I've, I've also talked to a couple of the farmers that they don't even call themselves farmers. It took a long time to even call herself a farmer, this girl is talking because she didn't have the confidence. She felt like she wasn't a proper farmer because she didn't have load of land or whatever else, you know. So women have been purposely, I feel, educated off the land and you know, seen as like even when Bridget, like her father had five daughters as well. And 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 people when he say that he's a farmer, they'd say, look at him like sorry for your troubles type thing, because women are seen as not at all the next generation the, the the farming generation. But why? Like why why is it that women were passed over? And why is it that the, the, the firstborn male gets the farm? It seems so ludicrous when you think of it. Yeah. Mm. Brida, I love that line, women take your seat. You yeah. know, it's powerful and it sums it up. And you're so right. There's so many fantastic female farmers out there. Oh, Take yeah. your seat, own it. Own it and the support there. Once the women know that there's support there, like the likes of Bridget Murphy now, who came on board with Talib Bio, and she's so smart and so like a lawyer in South Africa once upon a time, and she was there during the like you know, like the apartheid and stuff. So this woman is not is no stranger to f- conflict and, and and you know and human rights and stuff. So she sees the human rights issues. It is a human rights issue. I think we all should say now we have the right to not have our rivers polluted. Yeah, for absolutely. business for and like now, like the latest thing is the River Boyne is going to they're allowing Larry Goodman's APB meets uh, to pollute to to dump into the river. They're allowing that to happen. Yeah. Um, so, Brita, we just have two more minutes left. It's oh. been an enlightening talk from fanny heads to farming and smashing the patriarchy and not the planet. Mm. Um, for the last thought, if you were a superhero, what power would you use to smash the patriarchy? Oh, probably invisibility cloak. <laughs> Get the doll, whisper in their ears, you know? Yeah. Um, I love that one. Wow, I've never imagined you invisible, but yeah. I see why you do <laughs> That's true. Very true. Like, you know, let's just to know exactly, we all know exactly what's happening, the, the, the kind of conversations around this table. Yeah. But it's just to whisper. It's it's planting the seeds, really. The more poison you talk about, some people are like saying, oh, geez, you're always banging on. Daddy sometimes says, you're obsessed, you're obsessed. I'm like, yeah, because I am. I'm obsessed about planting the seeds, you know, either just like, just maybe, you know, like just keep, just keep 
at them, you know, keep grinding yeah. them. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Grind you know, them. I'm, I'm so grateful that you have taken your seats, not only on the stage, smashing up the idea that women aren't funny, but also taking your seat as an activist in farming, protecting our soil, our lands, our rivers. Mm. On behalf of, on, of me and Suze, thank you so much for joining us on Rerob Manal. And on behalf of the women, the men, the children of Ireland, thank you for taking your seat. Oh, mm-hmm. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you. And, uh, thank you, so much. Um, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that. That's great. And safe travels. You're off to Berlin to, te- to work with some German kids and teach them about trees and planting trees. Teaching, yeah, we're teaching about native Irish trees and the, and the trees that we share, which is the oak, of course, is the main one in Germany as well. And so Annie Oaks, we're doing a kind of a kid's version of Annie Oaks. The kids uh-huh. So watch the space. Oh, yeah, Annie Oaks. We're going to schools. So really hope to just go into educational through. Like I'm in a show at the moment with Swarm McKean, and it's a, it's a show about uh, cows actually, but it's it's fun. So to make it fun, educational and fun, uh, with a message, that's really what I want to do with the kids. Yeah, that sums up you, Brita. Thank you so much. I think Brita. we're uh, going to get cut it off at a moment. <laughs> And that is a wrap with Brida Larkin of Wild Geese fame. And as Brida mentioned, her she's penned an awesome song called Annie Oaks. And here we have it for you. Enjoy. Dear Gwitch, it's Bridget. Bridget! Keeper of the land. We need to plant more native trees. Respect your elders and your elders. Bridget and her garden hose. Oh, let me tell you about ash trees. 20k cut a year just for her leaves. Been a fall like my rhymes if be acting tight. Made a rash decision with zero foresight. Important trees from across the seas. Bringing ash to the knees. Now they're all diseased. Why you mad, Fina Fall? We just spit the facts. Because you being sheep brought in ash die back. Scott's fine. She's fine. Tall and majestic, oh yeah, she's Celtic, a forest can start in you. All we need is a spade, some seeds in you. Hawthorn, she's a witch's tree, full of magic, healing and mystery. In the middle of the field, she stands alone. No one dares cut her down, cause it turned to stone. Adios, 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 adios. 3% native trees, that's a travesty That statement shouldn't be a blasphemy Sit in the cavalry and plant some trees So the next generation can breathe Willow, can you go? 3% Willow, can you go? 3% Now the IFA won't let me be Let me be me, so let me say They're trying to shut me down while planting trees But the world is empty without the trees What's up, Quilcha? Plant trees, I asked the women. Let's plant trees. 
And the women said, well, we would plant trees, but we don't know how. And that started the whole story of let's learn how to plant. And we called the foresters because to plant a tree, you need a diploma. I said, well, you, I don't think you need a diploma to plant a tree. Birch, it's cold in here. There must be CO2 in the atmosphere. Are you nuts? Plant Hazel, she's edible and incredible. words of Brida Larkin and uh, the wild geese as part of the wild Atlantic cabaret I love the line I don't think you need a diploma to plant a tree so true just put a seed in the ground so true. So yeah true. so that was a great interview with Brida Larkin I've had some lovely insights and thoughts how about yourself Suze um th- her she's amazing um our part the organic milk and buying organics it's really something that we all we all have purchasing power with the money we have and really we need to think about that the, the cheap food is a myth and we need to realize that and if you could please try and go to the farmers markets and support all of your local producers um, they're all young people and all people just trying to work farming and they need to be supported yeah and people trying to just tread a little more gently on the earth yeah. A key takeaway for me, really, from Brida's interview was the idea of women take your seat. And that's a really powerful thought. And it's something that I was even thinking on my drive here today. Uh, This is our first radio show. We've never done this before. So I was pretty nervous. But I could really hear Brida's voice. Just, yeah, take your seat. Why not? Take up that space. Because I think for women, we're often, for some reason... We often go to that contracted place, trying not to take up too much space, trying not to be too obvious, too outspoken. But it's time to let that go and take our seat and call stuff out as we see it. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I also would really like a T-shirt with bang glyphosate on it or stickers. Um, I must get, we must get on top of that. Totally. And maybe another T-shirt with frightening the shit, frightening the shit out of the IFA boys. I'm up for that. Let's do protest. Uh, Let's protest. (laughs) Nice one. So uh, our show, it's a mixture of chat and some music. So we always ask our guests of their top three tunes that they'd like to share with our listeners. So another tune from Miss Breda Larkin is Florence and the Machine. Uh, Shake it out. Sorry, we're just having some techie gremlins here. I have found it. And away we go. Here to relive 
Great stuff. Thank you, Florence and the Machine. So, I can't believe our time is flying by. We're coming to our last 10 minutes. I could stay here all day. What about you, Sis? Absolutely. Yeah. Remember to tune in, same place, same time, next week, Wednesdays 1 to 2, Rira Manor, coming to you from UCC Radio 98.3 FM. We've got a little bit more chat, a little bit more tunes before we go, but just as I remember, I want to give a big thanks to everyone who made this possible, to Kieran here at UCC Radio. He said yes and believed in us when I didn't think he would, Um, but he's a great guy and yeah, just showed us how it's done. And also thanks to everyone who made it possible. It takes a whole village to get two mammies on the radio. So, Suze, tell me, what's your empowering thought of the week? Um, last night I was rowing and I was trying to, I'm trying to improve my technique because I'm pretty new to the sport. But there is a second between... Um, in the row when you take a break you just take that second and you breathe and that's your rest and if you lose the rest or the breath then you become overwhelmed and it just i was thinking this is like life um you know it's hard there's hard things thrown at you all the time you're struggling um but there is those seconds of rest when you breathe like having a cup of tea going for a swim going for a walk laughing Etc. And we must remember that take your break, take the recovery for that second, and then you'll get through the hard times. Absolutely. Great thought, Suze. Take that break. And I've been doing a lot of research lately around play and creativity. And there's some really great stuff. There's a neuroscientist called Dr. Srini Pillay, and he reckons... What we generally do is a lot of focus, 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 fatigue. But he proposes focus, unfocus, focus, and a bit of unfocus. And he says that when we bring that unfocused time, it's a little bit about like the recovery you're talking about. It allows our brain to expand and be more sponge-like as opposed to that hard rock brain of just focusing all the time. So my uh, empowering thought of the week is just do the next step. Her van broke down in Spiddle in Connemara on Sunday, just after a lovely um, beach sauna. So we were pretty chilled. But we started to hop steps and we're like, okay, now we'll need to do this, this, this. How will we arrange this? And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Let's bring it back. What do we just need to do now? So my uh, empowering thought of the week is just do the next step. So, Suze, that was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Great. I was very nervous, but uh, it all, it seems Yeah, like you didn't well. even puke on the desk. <laughs> Neither did I. It's true. Yeah, great. Hey, so, <laughs> so thanks for tuning in. Like I said, we'll be back next week with some more um, fantastic women. I think we have a woman in farming and in business next week and we'll have more tunes, more chat and more females taking over the airspace. And we're going to leave you with a pretty mellow tune. To Do you want to introduce the music? Um, this is a, song, a lovely song that just came across lately. It's our own Ash Anderson and Rick Appleby, Lionheart from... Uh, with their fame um, I think her name they're calling themselves D 
Dizzy Ray, Ray and Lionheart. Nice. Sunny side up. So enjoy everybody and have a lovely week and we will hopefully tune in and hear you and you can hear us next Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, next Wednesday, one to two. Enjoy. All right, thanks uh, for being nice there.
I do. 